This episode of Nerd Cave Retro was brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. programs and welcome back to the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and i'm derek diamond uh sorry we're we're a day late um on getting the show out derek came down with a bug yeah i went to a um this past saturday well at first i had to work i worked uh, a basketball tournament over in niceville florida for cbs sports and um that night there was an 80s-themed party, which I'm a huge fan of everything 80s, you know, music, shows, uh, all, all things 80s I love. So I've been wanting to go to this, and I was like, well, I don't know if I'll be able to make it because I had to work. But I actually got home at a fairly decent hour, so I was like, you know what, I'll go. And then hang out for a couple of hours. The music was amazing, by the way. And people were actually, like, getting into it. There were people dressed up in 80s fashion uh, this guy had a killer Freddie Mercury outfit, <laughs> which was fantastic. And he was walking around with like a fake microphone. That's awesome. It was it was really good. Um, and then I stayed till probably like 12, 1230 in the morning. And around midnight, I started to, to feel a little weird. Like I was, you know, that feeling when you can tell mm-hmm. you're going to be sick the oh, next yeah. day. That's a so crappy I felt that feeling way. when you know it's coming. You're like, oh, I'm about to get sick. And I haven't been sick because normally I get sick a few times a year, but I haven't been sick since April um, after I got back from uh, Star Wars Celebration. Um, so I got home and I just could not go to sleep like I was tired, yeah. but it was like I was so wired at the same time that it was like my brain wouldn't let me go to sleep. So I got about two and a half hours of sleep that night. And I just felt awful. All throughout the day, I felt like I had come down with like a sinus infection, yeah, which I still think I might have. And I could towards the end of the day, like I could barely talk like it hurt to even speak. So that was why I was like, I probably won't be able to do the show tonight. (laughs) But luckily, you know, today's a new day. I felt better as the day's gone on. So here we are. Well, good. I'm glad you're feeling better. And I didn't want everybody to have to go without an episode this week. So, uh. I hit up Derek a little while ago. Is like you feeling okay? Can we do this, buddy? <laughs> but and I uh, said but, yeah. But this weekend, um, I don't know if you saw my video from uh, the arcade the other night. We went and hit up the uh, the big arcade at the local uh, bowling alley the other night, and I had a blast, man. I haven't had that much fun in the arcade, and I don't know how long. Um, of course, I, I put up a picture on our Instagram page of the poor. Poor Miss Pac-Man slash Galaga machine that was darkened like it. None of the the bulbs worked in in the the marquee at the top of it. It was just this dark, you know, uh, cabinet over in the dark corner of the arcade, and I felt so bad for it. And I told Tina, I was like, I just want to rescue it. 
Uh, I did see the the Kiss pinball machine too. Yes, they had Kiss that was pinball. Awesome. They had ACDC. Uh, right next to it was uh, also a Walking Dead, and they had a Family Guy machine too. Oh, really? Yeah, they're, they're nice. all really good. Hey, it, you couldn't go wrong with whichever machine you picked to do uh, to play some pinball. That's so cool that you have an actual like arcade in your area. The closest thing we have, at least to my knowledge, is this bar we have downtown called Play. They have, you know, they have like an old Miss Pac-Man machine. They've got, I think they even have the old Tron game. Oh, wow. And they have, you know, like your air hockey, your uh, basketball and football machines like you find in most arcades. But yeah, that's that's about the closest thing we have. We have two really good arcades here. Uh, one's only, you know, hop, skip and a jump from my house at the bowling alley, which is like two minutes away. Uh, and that one's really good. But then there's one that's about four times the size of that one. Uh, but it's in the Margaritaville uh, Resort. Um, it's about 10 minutes from here. Uh, across the bay and um, we went there for Tina's birthday uh, and they have a uh, the Star Wars battle pod um, it's a lot of um, little kids games though you know like the claw machines and things like that uh, but they do have some really good stuff in there though the stuff they the, the the big games that they have are really good like they have the giant pac-man machine um, a giant Galaga machine uh, they have Mario Kart um, what else do they have? Uh, Luigi's Mansion. They have a Ghostbusters game in there. It's great. Nice. That's but awesome. You should come over to town one day, and uh, we'll we'll go hit up both of the arcades. That we should do that during the Christmas holiday. Hey, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> but let's go ahead and move into the news for this week. trailer for Rampage dropped a few days ago, starring none other than Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, and it's yeah. based on the 1980s arcade game of the same name, Rampage, which was, you know, I think everybody's familiar with Rampage, where you pick one of three monsters, giant monsters, uh, an ape, a lizard, or a wolf, and you basically just go on a rampage, where you destroy buildings, uh, you eat people, uh, you just basically just wreak havoc, and that's the point of the game. Well, they made a movie out of that, and um, I was very, very skeptical going into this thing. Uh, no one was like, how are they going to make a movie out of Rampage? Like, it's basically, isn't that just Godzilla, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> like are they going to get sued? Are the Godzilla people going to sue them? I got to say, I watched the trailer, and I, I'm quite intrigued. I actually want to see this. Are you saying that you're skeptical about a movie that's based off a video game? Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. This actually looks kind of good. Like, yeah. I'm a fan of old school sci-fi horror movies. Like, you know me. I I dig all the old stuff. I dig Godzilla movies and King Kong and, you know, going back to all the Ray Harryhausen stuff, all the old dinosaur movies and everything. I love that stuff. And this just looks like a modern day version of that. It's just giant monsters destroying everything. And The Rock, who apparently is a, a doctor, like a PhD, who specializes in primates, uh, really likes this giant monkey 
and uh, is trying to stop the military from killing the giant ape. I mean, he's the rock. He can do, he can be anything. He's he can do rock. anything. I'm good with it. I, I'm, I'm pleasantly intrigued. I, I, I haven't seen Justice League, but I think it's probably going to be better than Justice League from what I heard. I'll I'll say real quick. Like I did watch Justice League. It's actually not that bad. I if you I was supposed to go see it and I didn't get to go. I I had another engagement I had to go to. I couldn't get out of, so I missed it. Um, when my wife we we got our tickets like a month and a half ago, and then at the last minute I had to cancel on her, so she went without me. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> That's no, how the, marriage goes. But no, the the Rampage movie, I was the same. I was like, how are they going to make a, a movie based off of this game? Because I remember the same thing. I was like, don't you just destroy stuff? Yeah, that's it. That's the point of the game. But it actually looks like it's got, you know, a fairly okay story. Yeah. And I'm, I, I don't know that I'll go see it in theaters, but I'll definitely watch it just because I'm such a huge fan of The Rock. Oh, I'm going to see it in the theater. I got to see it in the theater. I've I've seen pretty much everything that he's been in, so th- this is going to be no different. I, I love The Rock. I think he's great. Yeah, and you know, all, all all we need. I've been saying this for years. All we need is one good video game movie to just open the floodgates. I think this might be it. <laughs> and who would have ever thought that it might be freaking Rampage? I'm good with it. I'm. This. No, might I, be... I agree. This might be the dumbest movie ever made, but I think it's going to be so dumb, it's going to be awesome. It's just going to be fun. Yeah, exactly. That's not, all we not want. Every, not every movie has to be this, you know, emotionally moving drama. Yeah. <laughs> it, you can have dumb, mindless fun in a movie. That's what a lot of comedies are to me. Yeah. But they're, but they're, they're fun. I mean, to me, I've said this for years, movies are what I look at movies are, and that's why I love them so much, is it's something that you can just lose yourself in for a couple of hours. Then you can forget, like, if you're having just the worst day ever, you can sit down, watch a fun, entertaining movie, and just get lost in it. And you'll yeah. forget about all your issues, I at think least for those couple of hours. I think it's going to be exactly what it needs to be. It's going to be a giant monster movie. And that's all it needs to be. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm excited for it. Me for too. sure. <clears throat> but uh, our other news story this week comes from engineering.com. GameShell offers an open source retro gaming system. Uh, Chong Ying Yao is a big fan of steampunk aesthetic and retro gaming. When looking for a handheld game controller project, he couldn't find anything that he liked to play retro games and offer customization options. So with his team at Clockwork, he developed his own gaming system. The Game Shell is an open-source handheld gaming console that the user assembles to teach STEM concepts, programming, and electronics. Game Shell is running a highly successful Kickstarter campaign to fund its production run. I'm just kind of looking at the the pictures here. You know, it it reminds me of a Game Boy. Yeah, it looks it's like the first a thing homemade Game Boy. Yeah, it, the layout is extremely similar. Which is which is not a bad thing. I mean, it, the the model works, so if it works, why change it? Yeah, I mean it. It looks some. Um, 
I mean, it looks like something you would have picked up at Radio Shack back in the day as sort of like a Game Boy substitute. But, you know, this thing looks really cool. When I, and if it teaches you how, and basically what it does is teaches you how to make this thing and, uh, you know, make your own handheld console. So this is, if I had the time, I would definitely be into something like this. So I'm looking at its Kickstarter now. Uh, their goal was fifty grand. They have made over two hundred and eight thousand dollars. Holy cow! Yeah, and it's still going on too. How many days does it have left? Um, Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Wow. And it has days almost left. two thousand backers. Yeah, if you're interested in this, just go to uh, the Kickstarter and uh, look up Game Shell. And that should bring you right to it. And um, if you're interested, um, help them back this thing. And, uh, you know, this might actually turn into something something big, you know? Who knows? I mean, it's, it's definitely intriguing for sure. Yeah. I like the yellow one. I wouldn't mind having that. <laughs> I know. Oh, and the screen. Oh, they actually have a video on here on the Kickstarter page of the actual screen. This thing looks really good. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. No, it, yeah, he's playing Doom on it right now. That's so awesome. Wow. I like this. I want one. <laughs> I, want I do one too. Right now. <laughs> Give it to me now. Yes. That looks awesome. Yes. But let's go ahead and move into this month in video game history. In November of 1994, Sega releases the 32X add-on in Europe and the U.S. alongside Doom and Star Wars Arcade. I remember this thing. Um, the The game I remember the most from it was the uh, Knuckles spinoff they did for the Sonic the Hedgehog series uh, called Knuckles Chaotix that kind of introduced Knuckles' uh, group of, what would you call them? Not rebels, but like friends that would help him out yeah. in, uh, in battles. It introduced characters like Vector the Crocodile, Espio the Chameleon, uh, and, and a few others. Um, I never actually played the game, but I saw a lot of video from it because I, I never got the the add-on whenever I had my Genesis. But I know it it didn't really hit like they thought it would. Well, it kind of did, but you gotta you gotta really hand it to Sega back in the day with all that different. It got really unruly towards the end of it, but they got a lot of life out of the Genesis. Um, yeah. At least a good ten years out of it because of all the different add-ons and stuff they were doing to it. Yeah. No, but I it was a cool concept, and I do wish I had played that Knuckles game. Um, on November 21st, 1994, Nintendo releases Rare's Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, featuring 3D pre-rendered graphics and also introduced Diddy Kong. Yeah, I've reviewed this uh, on one of the early episodes mm -hmm. of the show. One of my favorite Super Nintendo games of all time, uh, the graphics, I thought, were kind of ahead of its time with oh, the realistic-looking yeah. backgrounds and everything. The gameplay is simple. It's easy to do, and it's just a fun game, and it's a great co-op game, too. Need to bring Donkey Kong back. Right? Uh, on November 23rd of 1994, Blizzard Entertainment releases the real-time strategy game Warcraft, which spawns a franchise and influences many later games. I didn't realize Warcraft came out in 94. I thought it was 96. So I thought it was just a little over 20 years old. But man, Warcraft is 23 years old at this point. 
and still going strong, making billions a year. Jesus, for Blizzard. that's insane. <laughs> Twenty three years and still going. Yep. I've never played Warcraft, but you you can't you can't deny its following. Um, well, actually, right now they're they're actually going back and releasing their older games uh, for free on the Blizzard uh, launcher on Battle.net. Battle.net. Their uh, Battle.net launcher. Why couldn't I get that out of my brain? Uh, if you can get a Battle.net launcher, you can play a lot of the stuff for free. You can play um, uh, StarCraft 1 uh, and now StarCraft 2 for free. Uh, you'll have to pay for the expansions. Uh, you can play Hearthstone for free, um, Heroes of the Storm for free. Um, Blizzard's just killing it right now. That's awesome. And I think they're actually working on uh, the original Warcraft games to, uh, to release for free, too. Uh, just like they did um, the StarCraft game. So that'll be fun when they do that eventually. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be very cool. Also on November 23rd, 1994, Sierra Online releases the computer adventure game King's Quest Seven: The Princeless Bride. I almost said Princess, <laughs> Princess. Bride. Uh, the first in the series to use SVGA graphics. I've never heard of this game. Uh, but we have talked a hell of a lot about Sierra Online. Yes, on we have. <laughs> it seems like every single month for this month in video game history, uh, Sierra Online has released something in one of the Quest games. I'm looking at the cover. God, it reminds me so much of a Disney movie. Oh, I'm sure. Let me take a quick gander at this real quick. So, like, the the it woman does. who's down in the... The woman who's down at the bottom, she looks like the evil stepmother from Cinderella. It looks like the evil stepmother from Cinderella, but it also looks like um, the return of Jafar or something. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> that is very... I'm surprised they didn't get sued for that. Uh, the mouse would drop the hammer these oh, days. Oh, he would. He'd come in with a baseball bat full of spikes. Yes, he would. He would get uh, Lucille from The Walking Dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, on, on November 5th of 1995, Twisted Metal was released uh, as the longest-running PlayStation franchi franchise popular vehicular combat series. I loved Twisted Metal back in the day. I, me and my buddy used to play this game all the time. I was always Sweet Tooth. I've never played this game never before. Never played this game? Oh, I used to play Sweet Tooth, and he was the, uh, the clown with the, uh, the ice cream truck. Nice. I, I've heard so many good things about this game. Everybody who I know has played it swears by it. They you love it. You should go back and play it. It's awesome. I'll have to see if I can find a copy of it. That'd be a, that'd be a good game to review on this show. It would. I, I think so. I think it'd be great. On November 21st, 1995, Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy's Conquest is released for the Super Nintendo, the sequel to the hugely popular Donkey Kong Country. Um, I've reviewed this game as well. To me, this was the best of the of the three of the Donkey Kong Country games because they added just little subtle things to it. Like the the gameplay is pretty much the same, but it's a it feels like a bigger, better game. Yeah, that it's it's really fun. I do want to go back and uh, and play the third one. Because I remember on one of the earlier episodes of the show, I kind of knocked the game, but I want to go back and play it again because, you know, reading reviews of it and watching YouTube videos, I may have given it kind of a yeah. an unfair judging. 
So I do want to go back and play the third one. Um, and do that, and you, you, then you'll have the whole trilogy covered. Exactly. But no, Donkey Kong Country 2 is great. It's, you know, it, it's one of my favorite Super Nintendo games as well. On November 24th of 1995, Battle Arena Toshinden 2 was released for the arcade, uh, the only game in the Battle Arena Toshinden. Never heard of it. I never heard of it either. I remember the Toshinden name. I probably saw this, but I wasn't really into fighting games around this time. So all these kind of passed me by a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, this was around the time that, like, Tekken was out and... uh, Killer Instinct and all those kind of games. On November 24th, 1995, well, November of 95 was a big month, um, Marathon 2 Durandel was released by Bungie. Um, I've actually never heard of this game either. I haven't either. Oh, and to go back, <laughs> I never finished my sentence. It's the only game in the Battle Arena Toshinden series to be released in arcades. Sorry, I had a page break there. Missed the last section of the the sentence. I was wondering why that sounded so weird when I read it. No, it's all good. Uh, Let's see. It's a science fiction first-person shooter computer game. Uh, It was, yeah, on Macintosh and PC, but it was released on Xbox Live Arcade in 2007. I don't remember this at all. I never heard of it. Me neither. No, I don't like the the box. You know, none of it looks familiar to me. Hmm. And to round us out, on November thirtieth of nineteen ninety five, The Dig was released by Lucas Arts. Uh, it just says it's an adventure game, and I don't remember this at all. Uh, the Dig is a point and click adventure game uh, released in ninety five as a CD ROM for PC and Macintosh computers. Uh, Use the Scum Engine. Yay! We talking about the Scum Engine before. Uh, it features a full voice acting cast, including notable voice actors Robert Patrick, who played uh, the uh, the T-1000, and Stephen Bloom. I know that name. Who is Stephen Bloom? Um, oh, he... Uh, yeah, the name played, sounds really familiar. Yeah, he's uh, the voice of Tom, the host of Cartoon Network, and Toonami. Uh, he's Spike Spiegel and Cowboy Bebop. Uh, man, he's got a list a mile long here. Um, he's been on Star Wars Rebels, uh, he was the Wolverine and Wolverine and the X-Men, uh, he's been in God of War, Call of Duty, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon, this dude's been in a bunch of stuff. Nice. So, uh, yeah, that brings us out of the This Month in Video Game History. Derek, let's tell him about books before we move into our review for this month. So for you, the listeners of the Nerd Cave Retro podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Still working on finishing The Legends of Luke Skywalker. Mm. <laughs> I know. I know you're, you're, getting, you're getting impatient with me, but that's okay. Uh, but it's, it, it, so far, it's, it's pretty good. But, you know, they've got a ton of other Star Wars books as well. They've got uh, Leia, which came out... Um, Phasma, which is Captain Phasma's origin story, uh, who you know from The Force Awakens. So many other great Star Wars books, too. They've also got fiction, nonfiction, uh, sci-fi. If you're a gamer, and I would assume you are if you're listening to the show, they've got books from the Halo series, Gears of War, Mass Effect. Any genre you want, Audible has. And if you're always on the go like I am, it's a great service to be able to read books uh, without having to actually sit down and read a physical book. Oh, and don't forget and to about do that, Thrawn. 
Uh, the oh, go ahead. Thrawn book by Timothy Zahn is out. Also. Yes. Which they also announced uh, the sequel to that, uh, which is coming out maybe in 2018, but it's Thrawn teaming up with Darth Vader. Nice. And I'm going to download it based off of that alone. <laughs> yes. Uh, but to do that, go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook. And tonight we are talking about... talking about Super Star Wars Return of the Jedi, which is a run-and-gun release for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in North America on June 22, 1994, Europe on March 30, 1995, and in Japan on June 23, 1995. It is the third and final game in the Super Star Wars trilogy and is based on the 1983 film Return of the Jedi, as if you didn't know that. Um, I'm going to say... To start off my review of this game, uh, I rem- I used to play this game a lot as a teenager. I Actually, you did the original Super Star Wars, right? Um, you Correct. reviewed that for the show. Uh, we haven't done Empire Strikes Back, and you're, you're probably wondering, why haven't you done Empire Strikes Back? Why did you go straight to Return of the Jedi? I don't have Empire Strikes Back, and <laughs> I don't think Derek does either. I do not. I did play Empire Strikes Back back in the day, but for some reason I never bought it. This was the I, I bought this one and I had Super Star Wars, but I don't know what happened to my Super Star Wars. Um, but Super Return of the Jedi, I never finished it as uh, a teenager because, for one thing, these Super Star Wars games are hard. They're really yes, they are. freaking hard, man. Even on easy, did you find it to just be? Beyond brutal. Oh, for sure. Like yeah, I there, know, there's, I've I've never beat the original Super Star Wars. I'm gonna say I did actually. The first one, the Super Star Wars, was the only one I actually finished as a kid, um, because I think at the time it was actually me and my brother finished it. I didn't do it by myself. Uh, we each took a turn on um, each level. As we'd finish a level, the other one would take over and, and do that level. Um, and we did it because I think there was a unlimited continues cheat code. And um, I think, yeah, it was Nintendo Power at the time. I don't remember if it was just unlimited lives or um, unlimited continues, something like that. But we actually finished the game that way. I don't think you can finish the game normally unless you're, you know, one of those crazy speedrunners or something. These games yeah. are freaking hard, man. Like I know people talk about Cuphead being hard, and I've watched. I've never played Cuphead. I've watched some videos online. I don't think Cuphead has shit on these Star Wars games. <laughs> I, what What do you think? No, I I would agree. Like no, these they, these games, but the thing is, like they're they're hard but they're still so fun to play because you want to keep trying to yeah. beat it. Well, that's the thing, and that's what makes these games so cool. 
Uh, and I like the these games. You know, they're they're loosely based on the movies. They take a lot of liberties. I mean, they follow the plot and the story of the movies, but they take a lot of liberties to be able to, you know, make a game out of it. Um, you know, each level. And let me look on the, the Wikipedia here and list out the levels. Um, you start off, and I don't know what they were thinking to start this game off. You're in a land speeder on Tatooine. And I honestly, to this day, I don't understand really what to do on this level. You just kind of go until it stops. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're in the second part of Tatooine. You're basically trying to make your way to Jabba's Palace. And you basically, the first part of the game, you're playing this. And every time I play this game, it's just kind of like, all right, this is the part I got to get through to actually start playing the game. And after you get yeah. through this part, which I don't really know what you're supposed to do, I just kind of go until it stops. Um, and then you start the two day, the two day, the two D side scrolling parts. Um, you start off on Tatooine, go into Jabba's palace, and then of course you go into Jabba's palace, and you have to fight the Rancor. Um, you have to, you know, rescue Han Solo. And you're on the you do the sail barge after that, and the, you know the the last boss on the sail barge is actually Jabba the Hutt. Um, and then you of course you move on to Endor. You do uh, you do the Endor space battle, and you doing different battles as well. Like each level is kind of different. You do um, you know you're going through the the power generate to you're trying to destroy the power generator so you're going through that level and then you do a Death Star surface level where you're piloting the uh, the Millennium Falcon and then you go back and you're trying to reach uh, the Emperor's chamber but of course you got to get through Vader first so you're going through you know the uh, the Emperor's tower or whatever and then of course the final um, uh, stage of the game is you're trying to escape the Death Star. And the Millennium Falcon. Um, and, it, you know, it's, like I said, it takes a lot of liberties, but it's such a fun game. But th there's a lot to be frustrated about with these games. A lot of the, the, it's a lot of platforming. And I don't know if you noticed this when you were playing the, the first Star Wars, Super Star Wars game. There's a lot of leaps of faith you have to take in this game. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times... You'll jump somewhere and you don't you have no clue where you're jumping to. And sometimes there's, you know, you miss a platform that you have like a split second to land on. Or, you know, you just jump into an abyss of nowhere. And or sometimes you'll miss the platform you're going for, but you end up landing on another level below that. And I'm like, there's kind of no rhyme or reason to this stuff. Yeah, it, a lot of it is you just kind of jump and hope for the best. Exactly. Like most of the time in this game, I just jump and just oh, hope I land on something because you can't see where you're going. Yeah. But it, the yeah. one thing I do really like about these games is each level, you get to pick who you want to go through the level with. And each level's different. Sometimes you might get, you know, out of, you always get a choice of three. You either get like Luke. Uh, Chewie or Princess Leia. And Princess Leia is cool because she gets to be different throughout the game. Like at the beginning of the game, you can pick her in the uh, the Bausch bounty hunter yeah. costume. And then later on when you're on Endor, you know, you get to be in her Endor gear 
and stuff like that. But Luke's kind of the same through the whole game, which honestly, Luke's pretty much the best character in the game to be because, you know, you can throw the lightsaber and guide it wherever you need it to go. It's really easy to take out enemies and stuff. Plus, he's got like a super jump and everything. You know, Chewbacca's kind of like a tank. Like, he's not very fast, but he takes a lot of damage. Um, but yeah, in some levels, you might get to be like in the, the indoor t uh, trying to destroy the shield generator. Those levels, you either get to be like Han Solo, Chewbacca, or Princess Leia. You know, it's each level you get to be somebody different. And I really like that about these games. Well, you're forgetting the best incarnation of Leia. You get to fight Jabba as Leia in yeah, the slave outfit with the whip. Play, you can't do that anymore these days. They've pretty much erased all <laughs> evidence other than the movie of uh, Princess Leia, the slave Leia outfit. They don't even make toys of that anymore. Yeah. It's quite the popular costume at conventions, though. Oh, yeah. I, dude, I've seen guys wearing that costume, and I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even like dudes that are in shape, like, you know, that would be pleasant to look at. No, it's just yeah. like, you know, guys that look like me <laughs> wearing this costume. It's like, no, don't do that. Um, uh, but you know what this one game really does take advantage of? And, that, and that's another thing I liked about this game. The graphics, these games, the Super Star Wars games, really kind of push the Super NES to its limits. You know, with the Mode 7 uh, and the background, um, you know, the background uh, backgrounds of these games are just beautiful. Like, the graphics of these games are just awesome. And there are times when I'm busy looking at stuff in the background and I miss and get killed. Yeah, no, it's the the graphics of this game, you know, you're, you're right. It really kind of pushes the the SNES to its limits. And, you know, I remember this was yeah, this was after Star Fox, I think, because Star Fox was the one that, you know, really the first game I remember seeing that really kind of pushed the SNES a little bit. But this, you know, like I'm looking at pictures right now, especially when you're fighting the Emperor, mm -hmm. you know, seeing the detail with the background and everything is is really cool. And I, I still think that the graphics to these games still hold up. Like, I love this style of look oh, they absolutely for, a two, do. for a 2D game. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying, you know, like the, the Star Fox really pushed the hardware but those graphics really didn't look all that great because it was all polygonal graphics. You go back and look at these games, it's all sprite-based, but the backgrounds are so detailed. They look like paintings. And, you know, the sound chip for the game, you know, there's there's voices in the game. Uh, the music is pretty much as close to a real orchestra as you can get without, you know, not sounding like it's, a, a you know, a chip making the noises um it sounds great the graphics are great um the gameplay you know the controls are serviceable but like i said there's a lot of you know leaps of faith you have to take in this game sometimes sometimes like there's just regular enemies on the screen that are tougher than the bosses yeah no, you're you're absolutely right. <laughs> and you get so frustrated. I'm like, why is this this one creature killed me 15 times in a row, 
but then I get to a boss and he takes like three hits and he's done. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, it's, it's just, they feel, I, you know, as much as I love these games, they just feel really uneven. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're not wrong in that. You know, I, I was thinking the same thing when I went back and played super star Wars, you know, even like, and I, and I haven't played return of the Jedi and God, I don't know how long, probably since it first came out. Same thing with Empire. Yeah, so that, that'd be one that I'd love to go back and play as well, and, and and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I actually got Super Star Wars with um, I got a code for it for my PS4 because I got the the battle, the Battlefront, um, PS4 a couple of years ago for Christmas, and I got a bunch of Star Wars game downloads with it. Um, I think I got I got Super Star Wars, um, Bounty Hunter. Um, Jedi Starfighter, and uh, I forgot what else came with it. Um, but Super Star Wars, I went back and tried to play it on the, the PS4, and I was like, damn, I forgot how hard these games were. And then I went back, <coughs> excuse me, and started playing this again. I tried to play it, you know, not too long ago, about a year or so ago, and I, I got through, the, like, the first level. And, you know, playing it this time, trying to review it and get through as much of it as I could, I had to play it on easy. And I had to use a lot of cheat codes to get through this game because it is ridiculously hard. And some of it's just, it's hard because it's just unfair, like with how hard some of the enemies are and, and some of the leaps of faith you have to take. But I mean, and not saying it's a bad game, I'm just saying that, you know, if the type of game that, you know, cup, if Cuphead is not your cup of tea, these games aren't going to be your cup of tea. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like these are games that if you're a Star Wars fan, you've got to play, like, at least try them once. Yeah. Even if you're not a huge <laughs> gamer, because, yeah, it does take liberties with, you know, the story and whatnot. But you're still going through the basic plot of the movies, and even that alone is is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, some of my favorite levels on this game are the actual ones where you're flying the Millennium Falcon, uh, like the, the on the surface of the Death Star. You know, the the indoor space battle, uh, the Death Star surface, and then uh, the very last level, the Death Star tunnel. You know, it took me even on easy. It took me like no less than like twelve tries to get through it. Because it's just, and you know, I found when I was finally done, every time I played this game, I would be so tense afterwards. Because then I, and I realized like the entire time I'm playing this game, I'm just like this one just big tense ball of, you know, just tense muscles. Yeah. Like it's one of those games. What would you give this on a, on a number scale? Out of 10, you know... I, I have to, I, I would rate it very high if it was just for the graphics and the sound. But like I said, it's very uneven gameplay. So that's going to, and you know, graphics alone, I would give this a nine. Like it looks great. It sounds great. But just the gameplay is a little too hard, even on easy. So that's going to knock it down to a seven. But wow. that's still good. You know, it's a C. It's a yeah, seven is a, a solid score. I'd say a seven. I'll say a seven point five. It's a C plus. I like that. Yeah, I think if they would have made it a little bit easier, 
and made the the enemies a little more even um, and <clears throat> make the platforming not so just luck based really you know like if you could see where you're jumping like a Mario game you know every in a every every single Mario game which are you know are platformers you can see where you're jumping or if there's somewhere that you need to jump that you can't see you know there's they do they're masters of making it like that's the only option you have to jump somewhere like this game is just like you're just jumping and landing and and you know you have you know you're like trying to dodge enemies and like there's no platforms anywhere and you're just like where the hell am i supposed to go like i that it's kind of broken gameplay i mean it, it's not game breaking but it's frustrating I would I would agree with that. I think seven and a half is I'd say it's accurate. I think that might have been what I gave Super Star Wars. Yeah. And I would say that's probably would be the same for Empire Strikes Back. I'd like to go back and play it. Uh, I still want to find a copy of it somewhere one of these days. Uh, and maybe they'll have it for the uh, Nintendo eShop here maybe in the next year or so with uh, that Nintendo yearly thing they're going to be doing. Where you get to play like old games and stuff. So hopefully, maybe they'll pop up on there. Maybe so. But I'd like to go back and play Empire Strikes Back because that was definitely one that I had rented a few times, but I don't remember it very well. So I do want to go back and play that. I would say most of these Super Star Wars games are probably in the seven and a half range. Um, and this was actually the only one that didn't have a, a, um, a Nintendo. Uh, regular NES counterpart uh Super Star Wars and Super Empire Strikes Back they both had NES games as their counterparts as well this was the only one that didn't mm-hmm. but I never that is played the ones I never played the ones for the regular Nintendo I didn't either yeah I was well past Nint- uh Nintendo uh by this point when uh you know the uh, Star Wars game started to come out because I was already on to the Super Nintendo and my poor NES was gathering dust in the closet at this point yeah when when you release a new system and you get that new system you know if the game comes out for both you want to get it on the new system <laughs> oh yeah so i mean it's, that's that's a no brainer no yeah definitely but yeah, um, you know that's pretty much all I got to say about it. It's a seven point five. It's Star Wars. If you're a Star Wars fan, you're gonna want to have it just to have it, even if you're not a gamer, um, because you know the the box art just looks awesome. I wish I still had the box to this thing. Um, it's a beautiful box. the 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 cartridge just looks nice sitting up the, up there on the counter um, on the shelf. You know, Super Return of the Jedi. I like having it there. I don't play it very often because it is just it's stress inducing. So and I don't want that in my my gaming too often. Um, anything that stressful, but they're nice to have and they're good games. So give them a try if you haven't played them before. And you can pick them up if you have a PlayStation. I think you can get them on the PlayStation Store. Yeah, I think so. But other but yeah, than that, it's, it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. No, I was, gonna, I was just going to say real quick, it, it's a, that's another trend that uh, Nintendo did with their games. When the Super Nintendo came out, everything had to have the word Super yeah. in front of it. 
I always thought it was weird to call it Super Return of the Jedi. Like, what makes it super? Yeah. It didn't have a regular Return of the Jedi. Yeah, they just they skipped that one and they went yeah. right to the super model. <laughs> but like I said, they're great. I, I like these games, but man, are they hard. So if, if Cuphead is your kind of game, you'll like this game. But if, if, if you don't dig the Cuphead genre of gaming, that kind of difficulty, ooh, this is not for you. If Cuphead is not your cup of tea. Yes, exactly. So uh, what are you going to do next week? Next week, uh, I will be reviewing The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask Sweet. for the Nintendo 64. Right. One, of, one of the most... It's kind of got some traction now, but I still feel like it's one of the more underrated Zelda games. So I'm excited to talk about it. It's it's a little different than your traditional Zelda game, so I'm I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I'm still neck deep in Breath of the Wild right now. I haven't even thought about going after the other two. Um, what do you call them again? The uh, the the Divine Beasts. Divine Beasts. Uh, I'm still stuck on the two. I've just been trying to open up the map at this point and find most of the shrines. I've got about 75% of my map opened up at this point. I'm telling you, when you get the Master Sword, it's going to make it a whole lot easier. I want to do that, but I I, I don't re really know where to go to get the Master Sword right now. I'm just kind of hoping I stumble across it. It's um, It's in like the northern part of the map. Okay. And you'll 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 know the Lost Woods when you when you find it. I think I might know where you're talking about already. It's like not at the top of the map, but it's in the northern section, like in the middle of the map. Okay, I'll go check that. That's that's an area I need to go to anyway, because everybody keeps telling me that there is a um, um, a vendor I need to visit up in that area. It might be the Fang and Bone guy. I think so. He's he's yeah, he's the traveling one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy I got to find. Yeah. It's such a fun yeah. game. Man, they they nailed it with that Zelda game. They they did. I I beat the I beat the final boss in um Mario Odyssey. So now I'm just going back and collecting like all the the power moons that I haven't collected yet. That game is so fun. I'm going to get that one next. Actually, it's, I think um, I think I might ask Tina to get me uh, Rocket League <clears throat> for Christmas. Oh, off, Rocket League, so fun! The, uh, the eShop because I've been wanting to play Rocket League for a while, but I didn't want to play it on computer. <clears throat> I wanted to get it for a console, and I think I might do that for the uh, the Switch. Yeah, Rocket League's fun. You'll you'll really like it. Sweet, I want to play that so bad. It looks so fun. I've seen a lot of videos on YouTube of people playing it, and it just looks like a blast. It is. But it um, really but is. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and call it a show for this week. What do you say? I did want to say real quick. Um, I will be doing a, a Facebook Live episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. Um, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, then it's tonight. Um, it's either going to be a DC Cinematic Universe roundtable, um, or it's going to be another Q and A because um, the my co-host schedule is kind of up in the air right now. So I won't know probably until like last minute whether or not you know I'm going to be able to do the roundtable. But there there will be a Facebook Live episode uh, of the Derek 
of the Derek Diamond experience. It'll be um, Tuesday, uh, November 28th at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. So stop on by. Um, if I'm doing an AMA, just you know, feel free to leave questions. Uh, if we're doing the roundtable, then feel free to join in. And we'll be talking about Justice League, uh, Wonder Woman, Man of Steel, all those movies. Awesome. I would like to weigh in on that, but uh, I might be a little harsh <laughs> on the DC universe. But that's just me. I'm a DC guy. I always have been. So I'm a little harder on DC than I am on Marvel. Maybe I'm a little biased, but I don't know. Maybe I should keep my mouth shut. <laughs> no, feel feel free to stop by. Uh, if I'm not at class, I will be there. Cool. But, um, as far as the pop culture palette goes, um, we have officially began our bi-weekly schedule. Uh, we're not going to have a show this week, but we are going to be back next week. And to kick off our new schedule and new um, kind of show setup, what we're going to be doing... Uh, I'm going to be talking with, actually, me and me and Wally and Stephanie are going to be talking with my old bass player, Mikey, from the band Fall as well. The band I was in back in the early 2000s where we got signed and we went on tour and we were doing great. And then the rug was pulled out from under us. So you're going to get the whole, um, the whole story from us about what it's like to be in the music industry and how much it sucks. <laughs> so you're going to get that from us in two weeks. Oh, that'll be interesting to hear. So yeah, we're I'm gonna, excited about that. We're going to throw it all out there and just let, you know, finally get it all out in the open. Cause it's not anything we really talk too much about. Um, I mean, we've talked to about it together. Me and Mikey have, cause we've had to, you know, I don't want to drag this out too long, but me and Mikey had a lot of healing to do after the breakup of that band, because, you know, we put everything we had into that band and then just to have it yanked out from under us, you know, have all your dreams like dangled in front of you like a carrot and then have it yanked away at the last second and have your world come crashing down and, you know, in front of you. It takes a lot out of you as a human being. So we had we both leaned on each other for years afterwards to get us through that whole thing. And, um, you know, our love of music and you know, playing together, constantly playing together, even when we didn't have a band anymore, just it was kind of therapy for us. And um, without him, I don't think I could have, I, I don't think I would be here today. No, I'm excited to hear it. I think this is going to be really good. So it's going to be a great show. So go over there and catch that. Well, I'll let you know when it comes out, especially over here. And that's going to be at PCPRadio.com. But as far as us um, here at the Nerd Cave Retro, let me pull up our music here. Uh, if you'd like to email us, we're at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're also at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. You can follow us individually at jfunktastic, at Derek underscore diamond. And we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. So Derek, tell them what it's all about. May the force be with you. Yes. Feel the hate flow through you. You've been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.